for listening we're live it's 12 noon pacific july 17th 2014 thursday now that i've told you everything that you already know thank you for listening fly racing moto 60 show presented by infab fly racing's got the 2015 stuff out already right now and it's designed to complement a rider's natural movements on the motorcycle no unnecessary distractions straightforward no nonsense function fit and style Fly Racing products distributed exclusively in the United States by Western Power Sports. And, of course, NFAB, dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV in the hottest-looking, hottest hardest-working accessories out there from NFAB. N-Fab.com, proud sponsors of the JGR Toyota NFAB team. With Justin Brayton and Josh Grant, no Nicoletti this weekend. Nicoletti's back at Unadilla. I'm not happy about it, but, hey, it is what it is. 702-586-7857. Go ahead and call in. We'll take your calls for this entire hour about Millville, about uh, Bud's Creek, about uh, Unadilla, about Supercross, whatever's on your mind. 702-586-PULP is the number to call. We thank you guys for listening. We're going to give away a fly racing full circle T and a hybrid short today. I've been getting some complaints from people that you have to listen live to win. Screw it. We're going to go off the, off the charts this weekend or this, this show. We're going to give you uh, a callers. You have a chance to win the full circle tee in a hybrid short. We're also going to give away another full circle tee in a hybrid short. This is unauthorized, and I hope Fly does it for us. Uh, we're going to give away another one to an archive listener. Contest at pulpmxshow.com. Contest at pulpmxshow.com. As soon as you hear this, just send us an email, subject line, Fly Stuff, Fly Giveaway, Fly Whatever, and uh, we're going to pick a random listener from the archives and give away him. Give he or she a full circle T and a hybrid short, as well as a caller today. Jason Thomas going to join us. Chase Stalla from Racer X. Taking your calls, producing the show, holding things down. Not Tits Legendary. The Devin Gibbs. Gibbs, what's up? What's going on, guys? Tits Legendary on vacation. Yeah, so you step in and kill it. Stepping in and killing it, right, exactly. Uh, we, do not, uh, uh, we do not need you to read your uh, normal um, uh, optics. Read, I know, it's but, weird. Uh, you know, you can just sit back and enjoy. You'll, you'll think you'll, you'll you'll be busy. We get a lot of callers. I know. So seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Let's get Chase Stallo on the line here to talk about Millville and the two fifty class, a little bit of four fifty class. Interesting uh, this weekend. We got some news coming up this weekend. Monster Energy Kawasaki's Jake Weimer is back. So he got nailed at uh, High Point by uh, Mookie and uh, jacked up his back and lower back and, and bruised it really bad. And he's been out ever since High Point, and he'll be back this weekend underneath the Cowie truck. But Mookie, the guy who hit him at High Point and who has been doing pretty well, had a terrible Bud's Creek 
and will not be at Millville this weekend. Uh, so Mookie is out of the out of the the, the race this weekend, which uh, sucks for him and sucks for the Troy Lee Designs team for sure because he was doing pretty well. But I understand he dehydrated himself pretty good after uh, uh, Bud's Creek. He also crashed pretty good too as well. So uh, Mookie's got a bunch of uh, uh, issues going on with that. But he'll be uh, he'll be back soon. And Jake Weimer. See how Jake Weimer's going to do this weekend. He's been off for a while. It's tough to jump into the class. We pretty much have five guys right now. We got James Stewart, Eli Tomac, Trey Kennard, Ryan Dungey, and Ken Roxon. We have five guys going on in the four fifties. Hard to see Weimer breaking into that group of five, but he could be six. Right now, Josh Grant seems to have a lock on six. Weston Pike uh, was good this weekend. We've had uh, a couple bad races for James Stewart in a row, but those five guys. Look to be a little better than everybody else. And don't forget, people, uh, Stewart won this race last year. That's right. The lone national win for, for Stewie last year was at Millville. And I know he's had a couple of bad races, um, but maybe maybe he can get the magic back and put it up on top. Brian Dungey last year went uh, 5-1. I forget what happened to him in the first moto. But, uh, yeah, we should see some interesting things this weekend. It's hard to pick, Dunge, hard to pick against Dunge Gibbs for uh, for Millville this weekend. Really hard to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, same thing with Jerry Martin, I would say. It kind of seems like they got it in the bag. I mean, anybody can win. Anything can happen. Obviously. But it's hard to pick against those guys. You know, I feel that every time we come into Millville, I always feel like, oh, here we go. Dungeon's going to blow the doors off everybody. But it seems like he does have a couple of challengers and competitors there. So it seems like Millville is always a really good race. But I do expect Jeremy Martin to blow the doors off of the 250 class. All right. All right. Uh, we got Gibbs' Gibbs's opinion. Let's uh, let's get to uh, RacerX Online uh content editor or something or another chase stalo what's up chase hey how's it going steve hey so gibbs said he expects jeremy martin to blow the doors off everybody else this weekend how do you feel do you think he's got it that easy do you think he's obviously i think he's the favorite but how much how much of a lock is this uh 80 percent, i think i mean you gotta look at it how much of a home advantage this is i mean it, he is right there on the track. It's not, you know, Dungey who's a couple hours away. You know, he rides his golf cart down there in the mornings. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's you know, I think he's even said it. He's, he was the guinea pig at that track before he, you know, turned pro and moved to Carmichael's farm. Um, so, yeah, it has to be a big advantage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But, you yeah. know, obviously going in, it's a big advantage. Yeah, and definitely um you know, Baggett if Baggett is able to beat him this weekend, Blake Baggett, um, that's a statement. If he's just able to straight up beat him, that's gonna be a major turning point in this championship. Yeah, I would agree. Um <clears throat> the only thing I think that's gonna hurt Baggett is his starts. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if, if Martin's able to get out front early, it's gonna be really tough for Blake to, you know, put on that <clears throat> put on that late charge he typically does. Yeah. Uh, 702-586-7857 if you have a, a call or a question about Millville or maybe about Bud's Creek. Uh, we're giving away a Fly Racing Full Circle T and a hybrid short on the uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAP. Chase Dallow on the line right now with uh, joining us to uh, to talk a little Millville. It's going to be, uh, right now, Webb is uh, six points back of Baggett. Uh, with a, you know, Webb's got a win this year. Is he... If you were to rank the title contenders, is it Martin one, Baggett two, Webb three, or do you have another order there? Yeah, I think that's what it would be right now. Um, for as pivotal of weekend this is for the top two, 
I think it is just as much for Webb. Um, you know, after that win at Muddy Creek, I think we were kind of expecting it to be a three-man race, and he's kind of tailed off a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, if he's going to make a run, he's got to do it this weekend. I don't I don't think if he loses more ground here, it's going to be really tough to, mm-hmm. you know, win, win out the last three or whatever he's got to do. So um, this is a big weekend for him as well. All right, another guy who should have a good weekend, Alex Martin, Jeremy's brother, older brother. Uh, certainly, I think he's put it on the podium at Millville before uh, in a moto anyways. Look, Alex's best finishes are a sixth at Red Bud and a ninth uh, in the motos, individual motos this year. How does Alex Martin do this weekend at Millville? What's what's his scores? Well, it's a, it's a good point. Like, he's kind of the forgotten Martin. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we'll see what we did at Red Bud. Um, it's a similar kind of track. So, you know, I could see him, you know, 6'9", nine, ninth overall, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Between 6 and 10. I, I don't know if he'll podium. I, mean, that's, I think that might be asking a little too much. Right, right. Yeah, it's definitely – in speaking to Alex, one of the things he told me too was, yeah, he lived at Millville. He lives over by the Sand Whoops. There's a cabin over down there. But the Millville that they ride, and Jeremy too when he was up there, the Millville they ride is pretty beat down compared to the immaculately prepped national track. Yeah, and I've heard the same thing from both of them. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's still an advantage either way. But, um, yeah, I'm sure it's not the exact same track. Yeah, exactly. Do you uh, um, – wh- who else do you look to do good this weekend? You know, last year, Muscan went 4-4 for second overall. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I could see – I think you'll have the usual suspects. I mean, I don't – there hasn't been too many surprises in the 250 class. Mm-hmm. Um all the guys we at the beginning of the year we thought would be up there have been. Um, there hasn't really been, you know, a Kyle Cunningham siding at the front or, you know, somebody that maybe was expected outside of the top ten is, you know, just really mm-hmm. blown the doors off. Um, at, I think it is who it is by now. Uh, we saw Anderson get his first win uh, at Bud's Creek in a great ride. And full props to him. He admitted afterwards that, you know, he just got damn tired in the second moto. Um, you know, normally riders have a hard time saying that, but not Anderson. Um, so he got a moto win. He got third overall last year here on the track. Could he sneak it in there? I mean, look, if Jeremy Martin doesn't win, uh, is it Baggett and no one else? Or, or can Anderson, could Anderson win? Could Bogle win his first moto? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think it was, that's a, that's a tough question. I didn't think it would take this long for Anderson to get a win. Um, yeah. honestly, I thought it would be much, much before this, um, you know, does that give him the confidence? Maybe it does. I mean, we've seen it before in, you know, Supercross, Hein, uh, Bogle. You know, they get that first win, and it kind of, you know, gives them the confidence. It gives them the, you know, that that extra something that they've kind of maybe didn't think they could do it, and now they have. You know, so, you know mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we see him. That just switches on a light for him. You think Bogle wins before the end of the year? I think he does. Yeah, at least the moto. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I just that's what I meant. Just the moto. Yeah, at some point. I think he does. uh, Paul's on the line. He's got. He wants to talk about Purcell, and uh, so I waited so we can uh, have Paul join our conversation. What's up, man? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show, Paul. Hey, what's going on, Steve? Um, So, uh, real quick on the Spring Creek thing, um, how how much do you think it weighs on Roxon, being that he was here last year and had a, a significant practice crash? And then uh, crashed in one of the motos and 
pulled off and didn't finish. I don't he think so. I don't think. in on him a little bit. Nah, these guys. Nah, these guys are pretty, pretty good like that. You know, I don't think. I don't think a crash a year ago in another class will come back to haunt him, or, or you know, or, or he'll think about it too much. I really don't. Uh, and then, um, as as far as like the Porcel thing, um, in the review, I know you guys were talking about how Porcel hasn't really uh, done what everyone was thinking as far as you know by reeling off at least a moto win by now. Mm-hmm. But how many of you guys were also considering that he wouldn't be this far into the series, and that even though he crashed at Redbud, he still got up and he finished the moto. He still came out, did moto two, and still line up at the gate, you know, for yeah. every moto so far this year. Yeah, that's good. That's that's a good thing for sure. You might think that his motivation might go away if he, uh, you know, if he's get as he slips further and further away. But uh, no, he's 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 in, he's done that to his full credit. He's done that. I do think that uh, Chase, maybe you can you can help me out here. There, it's been. I think Porcel's season has been a little bit of a disappointment in the fact that he's got so many Oakley bombs. He's led so many laps. He started up front so many times. And yet he's only got a few podiums. That's it. I think it's a little bit of a disappointment in that sense. Yeah, no, he's uh, definitely disappointed by not having a win so far, but his consistency is definitely somewhat impressive for being as far behind the eight balls, you know, having a program together and fitness yeah. set up like the other guys. What do you think, Chase? You know, I, I kind of agree. I, and I said it earlier this week, I think it really depends on what you, what your expectations were entering this year. You know, if you expected him to get wins and challenge for a title, then, yeah, I can see what you're saying, Steve. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think he would do that. So, I think he's been good. I mean, he hasn't caused problems. He's, you know, he's competed, um, which I think were the questions coming into the season. Yeah, and although uh, do you think, Chase, one of his goals is to ride well enough and do well enough to get, you know, a 450 ride next year? He stated that in some interviews. I don't know if he's done enough. It depends who you're looking. I mean, who else? You know, he's fifth in points, mm-hmm. has some podiums. You know, I mean, I think you could say that about a lot of guys if you're looking at it on that kind of, you know, from that angle. Um, you know, if Valley's looking to come into Supercross next year, you don't think he's done enough to get that right? Uh, we can work with has. speed. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe with the Valley guys if, they, if everything goes well and, like, if, if he works well with the team and everything else, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe, but – I think to assume the Valley guys will be back is that's a big step, you know. They've come and gone so many times. Yeah, it's just an assumption. I'm just saying yeah. that level of a team. I'm right, not, right. Yeah, maybe um, so. Maybe so. I mean, I know Purcell's been all about too not not going out there and riding for what he feels isn't worth it money wise. So that's another situation. So interesting, interesting to talk about him for sure. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, guys. All right, next guy up is Neil. Neil, what's up, man? You got a suggestion for the word of the week? Yeah, you know how, did you guys see the movie, uh, The Other Guys, with Mark Wahlberg and yeah. Will Ferrell? Uh-huh. Do you remember the scene where the captain is dropping lines from girl, uh, girl band, or boy band? Yeah, TLC. He was dropping TLC yeah. lines. We gotta get Weege to drop new kids on the block lines. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, my, my wife would be happy about that. Well, yeah, I mean, it mixes Pookie in and just makes the word of the week even that much better because now it's a phrase of the week because he's just too good right now. He is. Uh, it's up to him. I, I texted him with him today and said, go through your Twitter lines and pick a word of the week. And I know my wife personally texted him and said that she wanted it to be blockhead. So Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so who knows, man. It's up to him. It's it, He's the guy. He can pick it. He can choose it. And he can drop it like no other. So. Thanks. All right. Well, that was all I yeah, had. Yeah, thanks, thanks, man. Thank you.
Uh, the word of the week is catching on, Chase. It is a big deal. It is blown up. And I think you guys have mentioned it, but, man, I think Twitter takes off more when it's the word of the week than anything. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. It's really, really bizarre. People get into it. 702-586-7857. Got a few lines open if you want to call us. Fun to fly racing, Moto 60 show. Presented by NFAB. Chase Stallo is in. And we are going to give away a full circle T-shirt and a hybrid short from the folks at Fly Racing. And we're also giving one away on to the archive listeners. Contest at pulpamexshow.com. Chase, looking at the 250 class again, still still staying there right now. Who's your surprise through the season right now, through uh, seven rounds? What's your surprise? Uh, you know, after after Thunder Valley, uh, or I think, yeah, I think it's Thunder Valley, I thought that was what Jesse Nelson needed um, to kind of become that guy that we, you know, in that mix of, you know, next guys. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just it hasn't been there so far. Yeah. Um, I think that's a little bit of a surprise. I, I really thought that was going to be his, the breakout ride he needed. Um, you know, and, and there could be something there that I'm not aware of. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just thought, thought that was going to be it because um, the kid surely has the speed. So, um, if and, yeah. if you were uh, Charlie Designs, uh, Tyler Keefe, team manager, next year, Probably going to switch to KTMs from what we know, from what we hear. Probably going to be on KTMs next year. And I think Nelson will be back. They may have Darren Durham. That's the word on the street. McElrath is up. Would you get McElrath again? And they're supposed to have another uh, another uh, fast amateur kid, Justin Heff or Hoft or something. Um, yeah, Justin Hoff. Justin Hoff. Do you uh, do you keep McElrath? Do you keep Nelson? Yeah, I think you keep both. Um, I don't think we've seen enough from McElrath. He's been hurt a lot. Um, and there were times in Supercross where it, he really looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I think as we've known with TLD, they, they're patient. They'll, they'll let a guy develop like they did Seeley, and it'll pay off for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of always been their motto as far as, hey, let's see what we have here. Let's not jump the gun. Um, yeah, I, I would bring both of them back. All right. Interesting. Um Hey, uh, still sticking with 250 class. So Muscan goes 4-4 last year for second overall. I don't even remember the specifics on how that happened, but that that uh, that kind of blew, blew me away. Um, talking about Muscan a little bit, I thought he was getting better. He started slow, hurt his shoulder, Glenn Helen, still coming back from the knee injury. He started slow. He started putting in some good rides. He got a, got a, a charging hard fourth at uh, Lakewood. He got a podium uh, in Redbud. But kind of Bud's Creek, he was – I mean, he crashed in the first turn of the second moto, but kind of back to, you know, sort of average finishes but, but from Marvin. I thought he'd be better. I did, too, until I actually sat down with him at, at Muddy Creek, and he kind of let on a little more about how bad his knee was coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think after you hear that, you're kind of like, okay, kind of makes sense. He's kind of where he should right. be. Um and I think I think Buzz Creek was just an aberration. I mean, that that tight first turn, and you know, I mean, yeah, he didn't have a good race, but I think it's a trend. No, I don't. I think he'll be fine this weekend. Are you uh, are you like me and a little bit let down by Dean Wilson's results since he came back? I mean, former national champion. Uh, I knew it would take him, you know, races to get up to speed. But we're three races into this uh, comeback by him. And let's not forget the first moto at Glen Helen. 
wasn't exactly stellar, you know what I mean, coming out of the gate. So we're three races into this Wilson thing, and he hasn't even really sniffed a podium. He hasn't been up there running with those guys. He's had some crashes for sure and all that, but I'm a little surprised that Dean isn't up there more. I agree. I, I thought we would see more. Um, you know, that he hasn't been up. He hasn't really been up, I guess, like all, on the bike. <laughs> He's been crashing a lot. Um, so we only really have a couple motos to judge it by. But, you know, how I guess how big was, you know, that layoff? Because mm-hmm. um, if you think about it, no other top 250 guy has been off, been out for a number of rounds. So, yeah. you know, it's, was that five rounds that big of a deal? It, it, it appears so. I wonder if a little bit is motivation. I mean, he's out of this championship. His deal for next year is going to be on Red Bull KTM. It's signed and sealed. Uh, he doesn't. You know, he's a big guy for 250s. He's got to work really hard to uh, to be up there. I wonder how much his motivation, you know, never mind just not having the speed. I mean, he's former national champion. We know he can go fast. But I wonder if it's just a little bit of lack of motivation. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Um, and he's been through a lot of injuries. And I'm sure in the back of his head he's like, man, just do not get injured again. You know, I'm sure he wants to come into the 450 class fresh, have a full off offseason. Um, this is, you know, that's a valid point. I don't, yeah. You know, obviously, he hasn't said as much or I haven't no, heard as much. No, of course not. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a valid point to look at something like that. I think these guys tell us that they're trying hard and all that and they're working hard, and they are in a sense. But a guy like Dean, I'm not saying he's mailing it in, but this thing is it's, it is what it is at this point, you know? I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't need to prove that he's fast outdoors. We've got the title, so. Yeah, and he has a deal sealed, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. that helps him. Uh, his teammate, Justin Hill, what do you make of his season so far? It's been up and down, inconsistent, um, mm-hmm. but much better than last year. You yeah. know, he's proven that he can get get in that podium range. You know, I think he's just looking, like a couple other guys, um, just kind of looking for that breakthrough. I think he's probably getting a little frustrated by now because mm-hmm. he's been so close. Um, and I, and supposedly he's still dealing with a little bit of an issue from Muddy Creek. So. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think it's been – you know, hundred times better than what he was last year. Right, right. Uh, let's get to the phone lines here. Mark, you want to talk about the motocross in Asia? Yes. Um, uh, there's a lot of discussion about the United States not even participating this year, mm-hmm. and I find that very disheartening. Um, number one, um, motocross is the only motorsport that has an Olympic type event where you're actually representing your country. Um, I think it's sort of disingenuous for us to say we got a worldwide event and then choose not to participate because we don't have a strong chance of winning. Uh, it's just sort of a goes against the American ideal. Um, and I, I, for instance, I highly rec- you know, uh, think what Cairoli did in the Italian team is sort of representation, representative of what should happen in an event like this. It's sad, Mark, that that will never happen with American guys. It's really sad. That's a little. That's a little sad. It is. Uh, it unfortunately, is. because, like, for instance, we go to the uh, the regular Olympics. The United States always feels a badminton team, and they have no chance in hell of winning. <laughs> right. And well, they still choose to participate. And for a lot of people, uh, some of the greats that you've interviewed, the highlights of their careers are participation in motocross donations. Right. Right. And um, yeah, you well, would, I, I, you'd, you'd, 
I mean, you can ask Blake, you know, the, the things that are really significant for people is a chance to compete outside of the selfishness of competing for yourself. Yeah. Well, look, Mark, they did it in 04. I was on the team in 03. We lost. We got second place. Uh, ferry crashed. Rhino's bike broke. Ricky did his job. The next year, they didn't send a team. This didn't go. Um, so it's been done before. Uh, didn't go for 9-11 either. Um, I, I, in talking to Roger a couple weeks ago, it didn't sound great, but I hear Mark behind the scenes. There are some things going as far as going with the team of uh, Tomac, Kennard, and whoever wins the 250s. I would lean it. I put it at 50-50 a few weeks ago after talking to Roger DeCoster about it. I would put it now more towards going to Latvia um, with the team. But you got to remember, Mark, like, this is really expensive. You know who makes money? All the European teams, you know, have a short travel. They have a short way to go. This is part of their GP tracks that they normally go to. This isn't a big stretch for them to go. You know who gets effed is Team USA. Who's the number one draw at the motocross the nations? It's right. Team USA. Absolutely. Do they make any money from this? Nothing. Nobody. They get a little stipend from the AMA to go. I think when I went, uh, they got um, $1,000 or $1,500 for plane tickets. That's for the rider and the mechanic. That's all the AMA pays for. It probably is better now, but not much. Meanwhile, you have Ustream putting on the motocross nations, making a shit ton of money. Just money, right. making money hand over fist. And they don't want to share it with anybody. They don't want to help. It's number one draw, Team USA, get to the race. Now, I, right. I know it's not about money. It's, it's definitely not about money and all that. But you got to look at the cost of going because these teams, they send, you know, three to four guys per bike. And they, spend a, they send two bikes and plane tickets. The rider sent, grabs his chick and entourages. This thing has gotten to be so expensive. Just look at the podium when USA wins and all those people that you have no idea who they are. A lot of those people are going um, you know, from the AMA. From from the AMA, from the teams and stuff. So, if they don't go, if the best riders aren't available, Dungey's getting married, Villapoto's hurt, Stu's got issues going on, plus, uh, you know, I don't think Roger would pick him anyways. If you're not sending the best guys and it's really expensive, I can kind of see it. I can kind of see not going. The team, the team that you mentioned, take that team that has the possibility of going this year. Legitimately, what do you think their chances are of winning? Well, I would have said last year that Barsha, Dungey, and Tomac were going to win. You know, right. like I honestly, I, 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 I in Lomo, I knew it would be tough. I knew it would be a real stretch to win. I did not think the USA got second last year, but they, they definitely. You know, were a distant second. They were never really going to win the race. So right. I would have thought they would have won, man. So I'm with you. I get some flack from people saying it, calling it a B team, and I understand that's a little disrespectful because those guys all haul ass. But the 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 in a tent, the intent is that there's not the A guys going. You know, so right. I don't know. I, I guess they could win for sure. Canard, Tomac, and do we know when they're going to announce the team or whether they're going to go? Is it normally Unadilla? It should be soon. It should be, yeah, I would say Unadilla. Uh, Chase, have you heard anything about this? Uh, no, I haven't heard anything in regards to the announcement. But, and I'll add another point here. And, you know, it, the way the schedule is now, these guys, I think it's a month. 
when the R series is over before the motocross designations. So these guys have to train for another month, then ride, and then start training for Supercross. So they may mm-hmm. have about two or three weeks off. Yeah. Meanwhile, I, I, Chase, I know you know, the, like that is definitely something that the teams talk about and the riders talked about. But don't give me that. Don't. I was on many teams over the years. Are you telling me that you yeah. that if you have October first to January whatever for Anaheim that you can't get ready for Supercross? It's just yeah. I need those extra thirty days. Don't give me that crap. I don't. Yeah. I don't buy that. I know the teams told me that Chase, and I know it's a pain in the ass. I get what you're saying, but you can't tell me. That you're not ready for Anaheim one because you didn't have an extra thirty days in September to, to to get ready. I'm not buying that. No, I think it's more of they don't have time off because they have to continue training. It's not that they won't be ready; it's they won't have that month to not do anything. Right. Yeah, because when they when they do come back, they have the Monster Cup to get ready for. Exactly. Yeah. So you're essentially going twelve months out of the year. So I I can see why riders, you know, maybe. Might kind of shy away from it. Yeah, well, they've done it six straight years. Yeah, like Dunge, Dunge has. yeah, Dunge's Dunge's been there, man. And if he, if Dunge bows out this year, and somebody gives him flack, I think they're idiots because that guy's done it all. He's been there. He's been on losing teams. He's getting married. Like, give the guy some, you know, give him some, give him some rope here. So now, following this year at Latvia, when's the next year comes back to the United States? I don't know. It was supposed to be next year. Or maybe this yeah. year or whatever. Um, you know, that's a great. 2015. I think that the uh, the F. I don't know with Ustream, man. Um, I, I have no idea. It's uh, it, it should be back. It should be back real soon. We've seen it. It's been good success. You know, it's had good success over here. I wouldn't look for it anytime soon because 2015 is France. 2016 yeah, like France. is um, what's 2016? It's already announced too. So. That's- Brazil? I think it Brazil. Was scheduled in the next couple of years to come to Glen Helen, but yeah, it's, I think Brazil. it's scheduled this year as well. I, so the guy, we'll see. I talked to uh, Tom White from Glen Helen a little while ago uh, for a story I did on Glen Helen coming back to the Nationals, and, and that's that's gone. That's not going to happen. It's not coming back anytime soon. So they basically said, oh, you want to have a couple GPs? Ah, we'll give you a Disnations. Like, those guys are weird, man. Their schedule, it's weird. Like, if you have a briefcase full of money, you could probably get the 2015 does nations right now, even though it's supposed to be in France. I guarantee you, you give them a briefcase of money, they will move that race. So, yeah. all right, thanks, Mark. Appreciate okay. it. Thank you. All right, thank you. Yeah, it's a it's a sketchy deal for sure. Um. Well, anyway, do you think they'll go, Chase? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know too much about it, but yeah, I think in the end they'll go. Um, okay. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. Go, Tomac, Canard, and whoever wins the uh, whoever wins the two fifty class championship, Baggett or Martin. I agree. I mean, are we favorites at least in that team? No, probably probably co favorites. You know, probably co favorites with Belgium again. Yeah, France you know? announced today. Um, I, yeah, Pauline for Ferrandis and uh, for Sard. Yeah, way to leave Marvin off again. God, he's second year in a row. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, Marvin has certainly underwhelmed in a couple of Disnations. He had some bike problems and he hasn't done great, but still, man, come on, you know. But yeah, I think I would take Marvin over Francis. I agree. I agree. 
Uh, hey, Chase, thank you for uh, joining us on the Five Racing Moto 60 Show. Appreciate it. Uh, good times. Yeah, thanks for you're, having me. You're not going to Melville this weekend, but uh, we'll see you at the last three, I think, right? Or the last two of the three, yep, anyways. That's right. Then right. Loretta's. Thanks, Chase. Oh, Loretta's. Right. That'll be fun. <laughs> All right, thanks for having me, Steve. See ya. All right, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Uh, Fly Racing makes much more than gear, helmets, and casual wear, by the way. Fly produces a range of bike stands, loading ramps, tie-downs, handlebars, grips, levers, more. Visit flyracing.com to view your full range of hard parts. 2015 stuff is out now, including the casual stuff, and uh, it's real bitching. And, of course, JGR Toyota NFAB Yamaha, proudly uh, um, sponsored uh, NFAB on that team. You can light up the night with NFAB light mounting solutions to mount your aftermarket lighting products. Visit more. To learn more, visit n-fab.com. Proudly built in Houston, Texas, U.S. of A. Still looking to give away the Fly Racing Full Circle T in the hybrid short. If you're listening to this on the archives, go ahead. We're going to give another set of stuff out. A contest at pulpmxshow.com. Let's go right into our next guest. He is, speaking of fly racing, he is out somewhere in America uh, hawking fly racer as we speak. The Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? What's going on? Um, I got... Permission to give away a full circle T and a hybrid short today on the show. Okay. I am also giving away another set of stuff to our to our archive listeners. I hope that's okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, clear. You pretty much do what you want. Do I have I can, to? We'll have to pay. Tell. We'll have to pay this out of my own pocket, or we'll take it out of Gibbs. Take it out of Gibbs's payment. Uh, I was thinking about like retail plus ten for you. <laughs> it's out of Gibbs's money today. So. <laughs> I would like a shirt though. Uh, seven. No, no shirts. Damn it. 702-586-7857. Uh, give us a call. We've got a few lines open. JT, so Millville this weekend, bro. Um, Not ha- for me. <laughs> no, you're. that's right. I forgot. You're missing it. you got a ride to do, some sort of dealer ride or something. Yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania, so oh. we have a, uh, I think it's our third annual uh, Cernix Ride Day at Pleasure Valley. So yeah. um, okay. kind of show all the new gear and... KTM comes out and has demos and stuff, so I'll get to ride a little bit. But so looking forward to oh, it. Oh, the magic will be back. Oh, I'm bringing it. A uh, little bit of Motocross Nation stock before you got on. Guy's very upset that Team USA may not be going. Oh, so you're still you're still running with that? No, I'm not running with it. I'm probably lean, more leaning towards that they're going now from things I hear. But, uh, I mean, you know, the reason I said it 50-50 was after talking to the team manager, Roger DeCoster. So if, if USA goes with Tomac Kennard and whoever the 250 champion is, we were asking, are they the favorites? I don't. I don't think so. Um, I would think that that Belgium will be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, think. I think that their team will be really, really good. Um, Desal has been winning GPs pretty regularly, even though he's still at a deficit. Uh, deficit, deficit. Excuse me, in the points. Uh, he's hurt now, though. Still. Too. I don't know how serious, but he's hurt now. He's gonna be out for a bit. Oh really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. But I don't know how serious it is. But yeah. Yeah, we'd think with with two or three months he should be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just to, you know, with uh, Van Horbeek, um, mm-hmm. I, I just think there's a lot of guys that make that team really, really strong. Yeah, we saw uh, even even Italy. Uh, I think Italy could could pose some problems. Uh, you know, they're obviously doing things for a reason to make their team strong. Moving Caroli down, I um, thought Lupino would be they on have there, a plan though. in place. So. Uh, I, I look at them. I look at uh, I look at Great Britain uh, with if, if Dino is 100. Uh, percent I think that they could be really good too. So I definitely don't think it's uh, you know 
I think we have a, strong, a chance, a strong chance, but yeah. I wouldn't say we're any kind of overwhelming favorite at I'm all. I'm with you. I don't think they're the favorites. Yeah. We're there, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what to yeah, say. Yeah, I, uh, I know DeDiker's been struggling pretty bad this year, so I'm not sure yeah. if he would go or not for Belgium. What about, what about Canada? Uh, are we talking about the A final? Yes. Yes, the A oh, final. Oh, yeah, well, I, the B final, I think they'd have a good shot. But Th- Thank you, jerk. Okay, hey, let's talk Millville a little bit. Um, we've got some open lines open, a few lines open, uh, 702-586-75. Actually, no lines are open. Scratch that. We'll get to your callers in a second. Millville, Minnesota, JT, one of the better tracks on the circuit without a doubt. It is. Um, you know, the weather's kind of a crapshoot there sometimes. You know, last year was freezing cold and rainy. Yeah. Um, you know, but we also had incredibly hot days. I can remember uh, run, literally running down to the river after my moto because I was so hot and, and getting in the water to cool <laughs> off. So, yeah. Never really know what you're going to get. Uh, but this year it's looking like it's actually going to be pretty nice. So, uh, you know, the, the scenery there, the track, I think the dirt is has a little bit of everything in it it has some you know nice clay and it has really sandy sections it has the the infamous sand whoops um but yeah generally i I think it's uh certainly up there in the the top tier of tracks that we have to to offer yeah i I agree um i've certainly i've spun some laps on there too many laps but um you you and stanton yeah who who can forget um hard track to set your bike up for because you got those whoops the sand whoops yeah, it is. You have to compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the biggest thing I kind of learned is I think uh, a lot of guys get so obsessed with one section or the other with the sand whoops or then yeah. you know, if you get your bike just perfect for the sand whoops, it doesn't want to doesn't want to turn because you kind of uh, you know lower the rear a bit and, and stiffen up the front. So mm-hmm. you really have to find something that you can live with. Uh, it's just not going to be perfect everywhere. So I think that's the the, the kind of mental side of it you have to go in knowing that uh you have to give a little to you know not suffer yeah. too much on the other end fastest rider to ever go through the sand whoops probably ricky carmichael would you say yeah i would say uh <laughs> either ricky or james those are the yeah. fastest guys I've oh ever seen. rc used to just mock 10 through those things and they change them every year it's kind of interesting they've changed them over the years when i raced there they were big rolling ones you couldn't really double it was basically slam, slam, slam into the faces of them all the way down. You could maybe get going a little bit here and there. Now, if you get into them right, get enough speed to double the first one, you can actually make little doubles out of them. Yeah, I've seen it a bunch of different ways. Like you said, I've seen it where mm-hmm. they didn't touch them for weeks ahead of time, mm-hmm. uh, where they were all jagged and, and crazy edges. And unfortunately, uh watched Jamie Rockman get injured there um, in that section. But I think they've kind of gone away from that and made them a little bit more uniform mm-hmm. uh, but then i've seen them too where you had to actually double all the way through them yeah uh, in 2011 uh they were really soft from um you know a storm before the race so you you literally had to double them you were, you know everyone was just trying to get through there so yeah. you never really know what you're going to get I, you know i it's completely up to them how they want to build them and yeah. i'm sure they've worked on that track so many times they know exactly what they're doing but it'll be interesting to see what their uh and, their strategy is this year and sometimes about halfway through they put a little flat ledge there and if you could not double that if you're not in your rhythm and you can land on that flat ledge you can actually accelerate and start again halfway through you know kind of yeah it was really tough to to find a rhythm and remember what hit that. what you needed to do yeah there's so many whoops that right. <laughs> If you if you had that perfect line dialed, almost like a video game, you could make up a lot of time there, but it was really hard to remember how exactly to do it. Yeah, right, exactly. All right, let's get some phone calls here. Oh, before we get to that, Mookie's out this weekend. Bummer for him. Weimer is back in. 
Weimar six to ten, right? Somewhere in there. I hope so. Um, you know, time's winding down for Jake uh, to get a deal done. So, you know, we all like Jake. He's such an awesome guy. Um, but he really, really needs to get some results, for, you know, to to give him some leverage here, man. It's going to be tough. Absolutely. Let's get to Austin on three. Austin, what's up, man? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's up, guys? What's your question? Um, my question is, with the Martin brothers being there, are they able to ride the track this weekend or this week? No. No, I think it's no. 72 hours. 72 hours, Well, yeah. maybe that that means this week, 72 hours. That's three days. So yeah. well, I'm sure they'll ride press day, which, you know, as yeah. long as other people have access, then it's fine. But as far as, like, a private session, it would, they're under the 72-hour rule. They're, they're actually at press day today. I saw on Instagram from yeah. RacerX, so. They're there to. They're there to. They are there today. So thanks, Austin. All right, bye. Thank you. Uh, let's go to. Hold on, different screen here. Uh, Adam. Adam, yes. what's up? Hey, um, hey, Steve. Hey, JT. Um, I uh, watch all the uh, GPS uh, on TV, and um, I was trying to figure out what what was making the races for me so boring. I, I, I assume they're all just as talented as the American riders or the, you know, AMA motocross championships. So I was trying to figure out what made the racing so much more boring. And I know that you guys had talked about maybe criticizing some of the American tracks for bringing in sand and stuff to make them, you know, much more loamy. Um, but I think if they did that to the European tracks, besides the sand tracks, but, I think if they brought more low man or sand, it would make the racing much more interesting because every time I watch it, it's just I, I ended up just fast forwarding it because it seems so boring to me. Well, and I thought it came right for me. It came down to just the track and the dirt itself. But I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I like Adam. I kind of like how the GPS are hard. Some tracks are hard pack. Some are a little dusty. You know, I feel like our, our American nationals all have the same surface. So you kind of get the same sort of um, outcome of the races, and the same guys are good at it. I like to see. I like the GPS where they have deep sand. Sometimes they have hard pack. Sometimes they bring in those those uh, wood chips and stuff. I don't. I, I just like the difference of the GPS. But really, more than anything, Adam, the, the the reason that you don't see the racing in the GPS is because for one, the best riders aren't all there. They're either in America, or some of them can't afford to race the GPS because they're not on teams. So they don't have the money. So you have a great disparity between the very best guys, the Sal Caroli, and the very worst guys. They only take 30 guys to the line. So in some races, yeah. there's only 22 riders on the gate, you know, at, the, at these different faraway countries. Russia was 18. 18 guys on the gate. Yeah. So, like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons other than the tracks why GPs are a little, uh, a little boring. Yeah, I think I'm also thinking. part of that is the – the personal level where you, you know, in, in the U S which we live in the U S and follow it very closely. Um, you know, anyone who, for myself doing this show and anyone calling into this show, you know, we're in the high level of fan, you know, we were pretty yeah. into it. So we know all the riders, we know of them coming through the ranks. We know probably where they're from and all that kind of stuff. But with the GP guys, there's guys in the top five in the MX two class that I'm, I'm just still learning about. I don't know really anything about them. I don't even know where they're from. So, I think anytime you can relate to people on a personal level or know things about them, then it becomes more interesting. So I think that's I part of it always. Out when I was watching, I tried to go, okay, I don't know these guys, but let me just try to set that aside. And, and still the racing, just like there wasn't any like 
didn't see just a lot of battles and just seen like really big ruts and hard packs. And I, I don't know. I just wanted to hear what you guys thought yeah. about it because mm-hmm. it was interesting. I was like, man, I'm glad I get to watch the GPs. But then once I started watching them, I was like, yeah, this is <laughs> I try to watch them all. I have a, a season pass, and I try to watch them all on CBS Sports. But uh, it could be the track you're watching in a particular race. I mean, I've seen some good races for sure. Some of that I've seen some serious battles going on in that MX2 class. Yeah, I, I was going to say I saw some MX1 stuff with Nagel and uh, uh, yeah, Nagel, and I think it was DeSalle and Caroli was coming up from behind, so it was it was pretty good. But yeah, and no, I, I got you, Adam. Hey, do you want to win? Uh, do you want to win the fly race in full circle T in a short? Oh, you know, I'd love to, uh, but I'm, I'm moving actually to Germany on Monday, so. Uh, oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of time with GPS now. Now nah, get get them some stuff out. We can. Uh, what's today? Thursday. We might be able to get them some stuff there. Nah, it's a, I mean, I mean, I could give you my German address, but it's okay. Oh, okay. I, I just appreciate what you guys do and the free of charge that we can hear all this stuff. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate you calling in, and good luck in Germany and all that. Uh, I'll be. I'll still be calling in from Germany, but. <laughs> uh, sweet, right on. Thank you, man. Uh, no problem. All right, let's get to. You think he's going to go try to win the German title? I don't know. I think he's got to become a Kenny Roxon fan just immediately. <laughs> by the way, I think you have to. By the way, Kenny told me he has not yet been selected for the German team, but he hopes that he's going to make it. Oh really? Yeah, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's on a short list. <laughs> I think so. Good luck, Kenny. Um, Ryan, Ryan, you have a Chad Reed question. Uh, before yeah, you, before you, before you answer, wondering. wait, 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 Ryan. Where do you think? Where okay. do you think Chad Reed fits Calm in? Hold on. And, uh, hold on. When do you hold on. Ryan. Hold on. Ryan. Ryan. We were trying to talk. Hello. Hi, Ryan. Can you hear us? Hold on. Ryan. Hello. Hi. Okay. Before right. you, before you ask your question, before you ask Whoa. your question. Whoa. Keep Go in ahead. mind, JT is very. He's getting he's getting very tense with these people on Twitter and these people on the show asking him about the rat the Chad Reed panic button. So just keep no, that in I'm mind. Not. Keep that in mind. <laughs> I'm not. Well, that was kind of my question. Just wondering where he fits in this weekend at Millville well, and when when do you panic? <laughs> I panic now. I panic <laughs> now. Uh, if I had a panic button, I would hit it. But Jason Thomas is closer to the situation than we are. Uh, well, obviously last year, last weekend was, you know, a complete disaster. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that he would do much better last weekend. I still think he has a chance to do better, you know, than, than we've seen this weekend, but, uh, it was obviously a huge disappointment for him and for, you know, everyone associated with his team. So we'll see. It's, uh, you know, the, you told us three races. You told us three races. I did. I did. And uh, this is the last one. So, um, you know, I think a lot of expectations were kind of taken off last weekend just because it was so bad. So I doubt that he feels much pressure coming in this weekend. It's just like, hey, man, it can't get any worse than it was last weekend. So let's just go racing. Give us his moto scores this weekend, JT. Moto scores at Millville will be, I'm going to go with 6-7. That would be an improvement over what we've been seeing. Over 38, 40 or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully you can get some good stops again like you did at High Point. High point. Yeah, High Point. Um, Ryan, do you want to win this fly stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Full circle T in a hybrid short, flyracing.com. Is this new stuff, JT, new 2015 stuff? Or what is it, it is, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, hot I was off- actually wondering, where did the Whoop Monster go to? 
I'm disappointed. Dude, I don't know. Oh, we all are. I can we just can we just talk about how the Whoop Monster was a bit of a weirdo? Can we? Oh, absolutely. And the last I heard, uh, Ryan, about the Whoop Monster was he was demanding money from the Martins to show up, and also he was hitting up everybody in the industry to sponsor his cart and his cooler and his chainsaw and everything. And so he was trying to, you know, profit off being the Whoop Monster, which I mean, hey, whatever, more power to you. If it, if it works, but I I don't think it worked, and I that's why he's not there. So he was a diff- right, well, he was a, he was a different dude, but he was a different dude. But then again, I guess you could gather that from the fact that he dressed up in camo. And yeah, I was going to say what gave it away. <laughs> right, right. All right, Ryan, stay on hold. Uh, Gavin, uh, Gavin, Gavin Gibbs will get right back to you and uh, get your information. All right, thanks. All right, he's uh, he's on four. Adam, this is a different Adam. What's up, man? You got a question about those nations? Yeah, uh, I got a couple. I guess first off, uh, Steve, you got to do more of these things, uh, but like real technical ones. Like you're the one always saying about when you're watching Supercross, how for the gearheads, they don't have anything super technical like they do on NASCAR. So, I mean, I think we all love the ones you do, like we, the one with Lars, and you were talking about peanut out at Ricky's house. I think we all love that stuff, so you guys got to do more of them. Uh, secondly, what do you and JT think about uh, – Tony Alessi bringing Jeff Alessi out of retirement to come up and hopefully uh, help Mike out, you know, in the deficit that he's in to Colton uh, for the rest of the Canadian series. And uh, my main question was, uh, instead of a motocross to nations, imagine for bench racing purposes, if they had a motocross of states. So each rider, you'd have three riders from each state, but you had to be born in that state. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, Barsha would have to race for New Jersey, not for Georgia, where right, right. he lives now. Right. Uh, you know, like, I wonder which state would, would win that one. Well, I'll tell you what. Purposes. I would be more interested in that than the actual motocross nations. That would be incredible. Yeah, me too. That's what I'm saying. That would be great. And like I said earlier about all the money going into Ustream's pockets and them not get, distributing it out to any of these countries. That would be a giant middle finger to them. So, I think that's cool. The state that would win, though, I don't know. I got to go with California. JT? Who? Baggett? Baggett and who? Grant, Baggett, and Pike? Is it your your birth country or birth state? Yeah, birthplace. Yeah, birthplace. Yeah, birth state, yeah. Uh, That's a good question. I'm going to go with Minnesota. RV, is, what about RV? Is he from Washington or is he from Oregon? Like, no, Washington. Him and Hill and no, Hill. he's Washington. So, uh, so JT, Hill, Hill, and Villapoto? I'm no. going with Minnesota. Minnesota, Dunge, Martin, and Martin? Yep. Dunge. Okay. Who rides the other big bike? Jeremy? Uh, you could put you could put Amart on it. Okay. Amart on the 450? Yeah. Or a 350, whatever, okay. you know, whatever you yeah. wanted to ride. All right, right, right. Okay. That's, you know what, Adam? I don't, I don't mind the idea. It's not bad. Um, I did a podcast uh, yesterday on Pulp MX with Ryan Gold and Ryan Lockhart, and we talked about the Jeff Alessi thing for about 10 minutes. So go check the site or check iTunes and listen to it there. Okay. Uh, but honestly, but I'll give you quickly, uh, yeah, it's a shit show. It, uh, if I'm Colton Fasciati, I'm a little worried. JT, what do you think? You know what? I, I spoke with Mike Genova about this this week, and uh, you know he was a little disappointed that I was you know kind of threw out there with with um, Jeff Alessi kind of getting back into the mix and how that would play out. Um, but yeah, I, I still am not sold. I, I don't know how it's going to go. You know, I kind of relayed to to Mike Genova that I'd seen this 
kind of scenario happens so many times where Jeff tries to protect Mike and things go sideways and it, it just doesn't tend to work out well for them, you know? Uh, yeah, no. I, crazy things tend to happen. Why, so, if you're if you're looking for results, Jeff Alessi's not going to give it to you. You know, if that's what you want to do, you want to get somebody results, that he's not going to give you results. Yeah, and I think uh, Mike Genova's point was, you know, it's his team. He doesn't get really much anything of in the way of support from this, you know, from this, any of the sponsors as far as mm-hmm. real money or anything. He's not he's not gaining anything by having this team. So he doesn't really care what people think. He, you know, he cares about the Alessi family. He wants to kind of help Jeff get back on his feet if he, if he can. And he doesn't really care. It's his money, and he'll, you know, he's doing what oh, I, he wants to do. So, you know, I, I get it. But then, but then, don't his, you know? That's his prerogative to make decisions that he wants. The thing I just kind of relate to him was, man, I, I just hope that this doesn't. You know, I know you're doing this for the right reasons. I think you're. I don't think you're spending money out of you know anywhere anything other than the goodness of your heart. I just hope that you are rewarded for this and not punished. <laughs> well, that's just it. Why do I mean I believe Mike Genova, but it doesn't. You know the 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 history doesn't doesn't say this is going to work out. Right, and so. that will we'll, you know history or we will see uh, history will tell the tale if if this is a smart decision or not, and and if uh, you know I hope it works out for mainly for Mike Genova just because I. I know he's doing this for the right reasons. He has nothing to gain from this. You know, he's not making any money off this. It's completely the opposite. So I just hope it's not a decision he made for, you know, trying to help someone and then it bites him in the end. That would be be a bummer. Tony sold it to him like trying to help Jeff get on his feet. But behind the scenes, Tony is telling Jeff whatever you got to do to help Mike. Uh, I wouldn't argue that. Oh, my God. So. Sure. He's gonna get a whole shot and fall in front of him in front of him and take him out. I, I don't mean, know. I don't think. I don't Nobody's think it's gonna, gonna be that, that intentional. Nobody's gonna put that past those guys. I don't think it's gonna be that intentional. No, I don't think so either. Just, just the little stuff. Okay. Lining up on on both sides of of Colton, you know, Mike on one side, Jeff on the other, that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, and then, and then throw in Jeremy. Thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, uh, hey, look, it's one of those things, man. It's a curious decision to uh, to put a guy out there. Uh, I get that it's your money and it's your team, and you want to, you can do whatever you want. I I get it, but don't be surprised when everyone else is raising one eyebrow towards you based on the yeah, what's happened know, in the I, past. I've thought about this quite a bit um, recently, just because of all the thing, the crazy stuff that's gone on, and it's it comes down to me. You know, everyone reacts to high pressure and high tension situations differently. And it just seems like Mike, Tony, and Jeff, whenever the tension ratchets up or, you know, something uh, happens, they just they don't handle it wisely. They just don't make <laughs> socially acceptable decisions. That's and I, I don't know where that comes from or if it's nature or nurture or what, what that is, but it seems like it's a pattern, you know. And, and 99% of the time, they are completely functional normal talk to them everything's fine you know they're doing things the right way but then it's just that one thing goes sideways and then you get you know the incidents that unfortunately you know the stigma that's gone along with that so i don't have the answer for it i just hope that it doesn't uh it doesn't happen again this summer and and cause more more drama to the canadian series i think i honestly think mike genova likes this he likes the controversy he likes being on vital mx threads you know, he feels like any publicity is good publicity. I feel like he's from that school, and this Maybe is okay. So with I, I don't know. I can't answer that for him. I'm not. You know, well, no, I'm I not know. inside his head. Of course I not. I'm just telling know. you what I what I think. If right, I'm, right. I, I'm I'm not sure where I stand on that. If I'm Mike Genova, 
I kicked Tony and Jeff to the curb. I hire Larry Brooks. Larry Brooks and Mike Alessi got along great over at KTM. I hire uh, Larry Brooks to run my team with Mike Alessi, and I hire, I don't know, Jake Weimer or somebody else, and uh, that's how I go racing next year. But Yeah, I don't know. After, after the injury short thing, I don't think that I would ever go that route, but that's, that's your call. What are you talking about? With Larry Brooks. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, after that team, the, the way that team ended or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. Maybe so. I don't really know the whole story, but right. um, maybe so. All right. Let's um, – a little more Millville talk this weekend. So, Stu won last year. Great ride by him. Kennard went super fast here. We all, we're assuming Dungey wins, right? Let's put him the favorite. He's probably going to win this weekend. I think he's the favorite, but I think to assume that he wins may be stretching it. No, no, no. We're assuming he's winning. That's what we're doing. I don't know. It's Not my show. With, uh, it's my show. Degree high. It's my show. Well, I'm the guest, and the guest is always right. Assuming Dungey wins, can someone get second or third and rocks and get fourth? Can Kennard or, Sh- or Stu or uh, maybe Tomac, can they, like, if Ryan wins and Ryan's on his game, could someone get in the mix, get in between there? Roxon's not going to go 4-4. Four, four. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, well, that's what I mean. Him going 2-3, possible. Okay. With a, with a, uh, with a tip over? he's not going to go fourth both motos. He's just too good. Mm-hmm. Too fast. His starts are too good. He's too solid. Right. Uh, there's just, that's just not going to happen. So, um, I really think that he could he could split this with Dungey again. I really do. I think the the weather's playing into his favor. Um, if he splits, it's over, I, right? It's over for Dunge. If if he goes another weekend, and it's the status quo when we leave there, it's really not looking good. Right. He's going to need a lot of help. You know, yeah. there's a lot of racing left, so anything can happen. I think we're we're all smart enough to see that one DNF or one stupid accident can change the whole mm-hmm. scenario. But all things being equal, if Dungey can't put some points into him on his best possible racetrack, ah, it's not looking good. Right. For sure. And you don't think Kennard, Tomac, Stu can just beat Roxon straight up, one or more of them? Um, yeah, I, th- I think one of them. Yeah, for sure I do. Okay. I think Tomac could get in there. I think Stu... You know, he's done pretty much everything wrong the last few weeks, but, you know, mm-hmm. he is the defending winner of this race. Uh, so, sure, they could get in there. I just don't see it happening both motos. That, that to me, right. would entail that Roxon just was way off his game from what we've seen, and I don't yeah. see any reason for that to happen. <laughs> hard, to, hard to believe that. All right, last question on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show from, uh, from Drew. What's going on? Thanks for calling. What's your question? Got a little bench racing one for you guys. Uh, and first of all, yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Dig the show. Thanks. Um, and I want to get JT's take on this, too. We're seeing Villapoto retire, you know, well, I guess potentially retire within the next couple of years at, what is he, 25? 25, 26, yeah. yeah. Um, we saw Casey Stoner in MotoGP, which is where I know JT's a big fan over there, retire yeah. at 27. Is this kind of a potential new theme on the moto side, you know, with guys – you know, starting so young and training so hard and so young down at, you know, GPF or the Millsaps facility, and by the time they get to where they want to be, they're just almost to the point where they're over it. They get a couple titles and well, tap out early. Or And don't think Carmichael – and don't, don't, don't forget Carmichael did the same thing, 26, done. Yeah, 20, you know? yeah, early. So, I don't know. What do well, you think, JT? I think, uh, I think the Casey Stoner thing is a little different because I don't think he hated – 
racing. I do think he hated the current landscape of the MotoGP scene, the rule changes, and uh, I think he's a bit of a purist when it comes to that stuff, so I think he just didn't want to deal with the new kind of changes in regime there. But for guys like uh, Carmichael and Villapoto and these guys, I really do think that the the intensity, the the regimen, and all the things that Alden Baker puts in place that frankly make them who they are and why they win, uh, I think it does take its toll. I think that it makes life less enjoyable. I know that's such a harsh way to put it, but you know I think that right. there's not a lot of fun to be had. I think it's so hard and so demanding and their time is so structured that it's it's hard to really enjoy what you're doing. You know, there's just not a lot of a lot of goofing off and and having fun like Jeremy McGrath and Emig and these guys used to do in their heyday. You know, I, I think it's tough to keep any longevity just because you are working so hard all the time. And that that wears not only your mind down but your body down and you're just are looking for anything else to do besides this huge workload that you have. So sure, I do. I think that these guys get in, they go this crazy pace of training and uh, all this focus for a bunch of years, win a bunch. And they're just like, man, there's, you know, I have all the money I need. I, I, I want to live my life a little bit here. And you can't really do that in this program. You kind of have to do one or the other. You can't really have much of a social life and do anything. It's either all in and, and go win as, as Alden has proven or, uh, you know, basically do you, not do as well. Do you think you just didn't go all in JT? Was that your problem? I'm sure that, there's no way, you know, I, I felt like I trained pretty hard. I wrote a lot. I trained a lot. I took it very serious, but watching what Alden's program entails, sure. I, there, yeah, there's no way I was, uh, on the same level of program as they're on. Interesting, Drew. It can be interesting to see going forward. How long does Roxon last? How long does Cincerello last? That type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, man. Thank you. Cool. Thanks guys. All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. That has been another fly race and moto 60 show presented by infab. Thanks JT. Appreciate it no coming worries. on. Uh, can't believe you're not going to go to Millville. Really breaking my heart. No, it's crazy. I'm. Uh, it'll be all right. It'll be a little bit of. I know you. Uh, you're always a big fan of skipping one of the Supercrosses every year to get a different perspective. So I am. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, guys. All right, everybody. That has been the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by Infab. Gabba Gibbs. Thanks, bud. Good job filling oh, it's in. A pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening.